Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. On so many opportunities for connections. Especially because I was surrounded by Caucasians, I if one percent of Asian people were gonna perfect for me to call my close friend, close circle person, and I was surrounded by two Asian people, then my, my chances of finding one from the Asian people wasn't very high. Yeah. But out of five hundred Caucasians or like five black people that I was surrounded with in that area, the chances are higher that I could find someone that actually speaks to my soul. And so I am very different from a lot of Chinese immigrants. Melting Pot, a global podcast series hosted by Pyle, connects guests who have inspiring stories and reaches out to a multicultural audience over 52 countries. Guests are diverse, such as celebrities, entrepreneurs, travelers, and many more who've had a turning point in their lives and moved over to a holistic lifestyle. Follow us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, social media. Hi, everyone. Today, I am in conversation with this young entrepreneur. His name is Jai Guo. Jai is the founder of Buttress Pillow. We're going to talk a lot about that. He's a Chinese immigrant who was caught between following his passion and his parents wanting him to pursue a conventional, normal path. But eventually, after several learnings, his passion prevailed. He came up with a design idea, created a, as he says, a scrappy video of a prototype, put it on Kickstarter in 2018, and within a day, it was funded. Thank you so much for talking to me today, Jai. Glad to be here. Okay, so do we start with a backstory about you being an immigrant in the United States? Or- yeah. Do we start with you founding your company? I leave it entirely to you. Let's start from the beginning. I'll make it quick. So I'm an immigrant from China. I came to the United States at age five. Didn't really know a word of English when I came over. We were very lucky to be able to be granted a visa to come over to the United States. And it's what my parents wanted for me and my education. So I learned English pretty fast, and I grew up uh, surrounded in the richest per capita town in the richest per capita state, which was Farmington, Connecticut. A lot of, it was very homogenous, the demographics, and I was probably one of the only Asian kids growing up around mostly Caucasians, and I got Americanized pretty fast. I started listening to all the, uh, the music and the movies and everything like that, and it was all so fascinating growing up. So fast forward to high school, I went to Wake Forest University and I majored in political science and I really didn't know what I wanted to do. The whole time I was growing up, I was expected to go to someplace Ivy League, probably Harvard. I did extra homework every day just to bolster my grades. 
but I was a little bit of a rebel the whole time, especially, but it, it all came out in high school. I started asking questions. I started wondering why I should be on this path. And I didn't have a good answer, to be honest. My teachers were, were literally asking, You were asking these questions to your family or to yourself? To myself. Okay. Um, but uh, I was getting my inputs, like my friends and my teachers wanted me to basically just have fun, follow my passion, have a happy life. And the pressures from my family wanted me to be like successful and rich and things like that. And so two very authoritative figures telling me what to do in opposite directions. And when something like that happens to, to somebody, it's if you have two teachers that you equally respect telling you completely opposite things, then how do you know what's right? It's very difficult. I had to discover that for myself uh, for a long time. I tried every single, a lot of different jobs. I sold timeshares, worked for NIDA, interviewed tons of people. I worked as a waiter in the service industry. I played street music. I was a DJ. I, I did a whole lot of different things, even worked for a cruise line and saved the children as well. But it was all just to find what I liked, what I naturally was drawn to, and the truth that would reveal itself through experience. Um, and as I did more and more things, I started realizing what I liked and didn't like about each job, each experience, each place that I lived, the people that I met. And I started to put it together for myself for the first time. And then in about nine years ago now, eight years ago, I met my ex, Anna, and she was an entrepreneur and she was self-made out of China. She went to the United States partly to escape a, let's just say, uh, fake marriage kind of thing. It was a very Asian thing to do, have these in, in Asia, if you, you don't know, in China, a lot of women don't have a lot of rights. They if Once they get married, it's very shameful to get divorced. She owned her own company with 300 employees, and it was all about saving face, but she couldn't bear it anymore. She came over to the United States. She actually uh, hired me, and we started as friends, but I knew something was wrong. Just looking at her face, she was beautiful, but she had a stone face. Her skin was like, you can tell, you can tell about people. Her skin was like dry. Her eyebrows were literally thinning. She she did all her duties as a mother, send the kids to school, pick them up, sign them up for the best activities that money can buy. But she, she did it as a robot. Like she, well, yeah, that's what I was going to say, that she felt like she was robotic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She yeah. would perform her duties, right? And that's a common theme about Asia and China and things like that. It doesn't matter how you feel sometimes. Um, you have to just do what you have to do for everyone else. And and I could see that. And as I got to know her, I started seeing more of her, actually her buried underneath all the status and the, the labels. And we got together, we fell in love. We, she taught me everything I knew about entrepreneurship and about a lot of other things. And I actually, it was one of the proudest things I've ever done. Within about two months of us getting together, I actually, she started getting healthier. You could tell her like eyebrows were actually thickening. Her skin was getting better and her butt grew like twice as big. None of her jeans fit anymore. And it was one of the 
my proudest moments just oh my god was i part of this this transformation this is something real i did something i feel like i made a difference and and i was and to be frank i loved her but she it was like it was great and it gave me peace and everything made sense with butts it was very simple very clear and you didn't have to think too much you didn't have to ask too many questions it's just this pure love of something that's natural about something else somebody else and so after about three years her husband actually revoked her visa and just to get her back and then i followed her to singapore actually for three months because she had to leave the country with her kids and I went there and I stayed with her, but then I didn't have a work visa. I didn't have a way to make money. I could either, at the end of that three months, which were amazing as usual, she couldn't tell anybody because I was a nobody. I was a, a legitimate person that she was still, unfortunately, tied to a marriage where she just recently got divorced. And her employees would have seen, would have been, wouldn't have been good. Her parents wouldn't have expected, accepted me. And I had a choice. It was either to be her mistress and be in the shadows for who knows how long, if forever, probably, or to make my own way and one day have the position and the means to be able to be at least more of her equal. And so I told her that I'd make a million dollars off her but and at least we'll have a chance to be together at some point so i went back to the states made a prototype in singapore actually i actually was, the first one was just yoga pants with a bunch of stuffing inside the pillow stuffing and then we made the quick video with my friends it was hilarious it was stupid it was so stupid it was like so low quality it was funny though and uh, we've got funded for over fifty thousand dollars on kickstarter and indiegogo together combined and that gave us the first amount of money to actually get the, the, the thing started, the idea, to buy the molds, to get the first batch of 1,000 made. And so these yeah. Are, yeah, just explain to people what these are actually pillows, right? Yep. They're pillows in the shape saved. of butts okay. Yep, okay. that you sleep on. That, that you sleep on. Okay. Yep. We you designed your, it. To, you essentially rest your head on, right? Yes. Um, you okay. rest your th your head between the thighs and under the cheeks in what we call the sweet spot. Okay. And it's ergonomically designed. You guys just have to go and see it. it it's like a picture says a million words. It'll all make sense to whoever's listening once they see like a picture of someone laying on it. Okay. It's actually very highly rated, very comfortable. And comfort was always, comfort and usability was always our number one priority while making this uh, pillow but yes it's a pillow in the shape of the butt first of its kind it's patented and the only one of its kind and we've been going for five years now and where is it available it's available on amazon and through our own website you should whoever's listening you should check out our website sign up for our newsletter we have really quirky hump day emails that are like stupid funny and goofy at the same time yeah i think you'll like them we have a following of over uh, thirty-five thousand on our newsletter and yeah, people like butts, people like how we brand the pillow, yeah. how our personality comes into it, and our philosophy behind the butt, which is also interesting in my opinion. But yeah. Okay, interesting. So should we talk a little bit about 
you as an immigrant. I did read, I think it was on your website or it was the brief bio that I got from you that you were homeless at one point. Yeah. So it was after, it was before this, before I met that girl, it was before I started the company. It was probably when I was in, I think, 2012 or 2015 or something like that to through 2015 i was only homeless for a brief period about six months i worked for save the children in boston cambridge and it was like you sit in a mall and you try to get kids sponsored and i lived in my car as well during that time i was at a point where i was i didn't have to become homeless i could have gone home to my mom and my dad but I wanted to in a way because I wanted to match the way I felt inside with my environment and my circumstances. I didn't want to be dishonest and try to bury something that was that in a way broke who I was, but I wanted to embrace it and get through it. Ignoring it, burying these things, are it's not a good way that I found to, to get through these things and become stronger and better. So to embrace it, I I really, I, I lived on the streets. I, I worked for Save the Children. I stole every single day, just from Target and Panera. Uh, not from Panera. Panera gave out free bread every night. And then at Target, I stole, stole pepperonis. I had the perfect method at the time to do it. I would, uh, maybe I shouldn't share it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think you should. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Same about positive things. And, of course, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and people. But yeah, I, yeah, I would never do that anymore. But at the time, it was it was how I survived. So how do you yeah. connect with your community? My community as in my as personal in community? Your, no, your, the cultural background that you come from. There's a lot of Chinese immigrants, right? Yes. So how do you see them? Because there's a lot of stereotypes and misconceptions about immigrants, and especially for in sure. the United States. So and especially in Chinese sure. immigrants. Yeah. So how do you, so you're someone who, okay, you were five, so you were not born in America, but you are someone who came to the United States with your parents and for a better education that's what mm -hmm. mentioned that your parents wanted for yep. you do you feel Chinese is there any sort of cultural reference sure. to you there is. yeah there is okay five years old coming here was a very interesting place it's not like I was 19 years old and came here and I was already Chinese you know what I mean but it wasn't like if I was born here and then I I started with in China. My first five years of my life, which are very impactful, some of the most impactful uh, times of someone's life uh, were in China. And I was Chinese. I spoke all Chinese. I, I was brought up with it. And even after that, it lingered for a long time through my parents and my family back in China as well. Five years old coming here was literally the perfect, imperfect time to come here. Because I could taste and feel both cultures and I could be the bridge in a way between these two very different, inherently different cultures. In China, it's all about duty, honor, respect, community. 
in America, it's about freedom, individualism, following your passion, living a good life, a happy life. That's the most important part. And being five years old when I came here, I got to really live both of those sides. And it was so interesting, to be honest. Not a lot of Chinese immigrants are like me. A lot of Chinese immigrants either come later or are born here. And it depends on what happens. But a lot of Chinese immigrants, even the American-born Chinese, they have almost all Chinese friends. It's very interesting. I understand it's very comfortable for people to be with their own culture and things like that. But for me, I almost had none. It was really interesting. The way I see it, I've always tried to believe this, is that all people are have, share something like beautiful and deep and, and profound. And if my best friend is, is going to be 1% of people, then that 1% could be, and that 1% could be any nationality, any color, any gender even. And for me to just stick with what I'm comfortable with feels like I'm missing out on so many opportunities for connections. Yeah. Especially because I was surrounded by Caucasians. I If 1% of Asian people were going to perfect for me to call my close friend, close circle person, and I was surrounded by two Asian people, then my, my chances of finding one from the Asian people wasn't very high. Yeah. But out of 500 Caucasians or like five Black people that I was surrounded with in that area, the chances are higher that I could find someone that actually speaks to my soul. And so I am very different from a lot of Chinese immigrants. I chose to embrace the other side, to, to almost embrace truth itself, um, instead of being in a comfortable place where I could be comfortable but not grow and learn and find truth and the essence and wonders of life in general. Yeah, and, and then you may as well have been back in China if definitely. the whole point of uh, being in a different environment, a different culture, different way of life is for you to be able to embrace it, experience it and want for it to become a part of who you are. Definitely. I think that is the absolute essence of it's the integration which is so important, which unfortunately, and it's not just the Chinese immigrants, I feel that a lot of the other communities as well, it's pretty similar that they don't want, it's the comfort over actually wanting to step out of the comfort zone and try and experience. You may not necessarily be welcomed to start with, but I think what's important is for you to make that effort and to actually respect the other or and try and embrace the culture that you want to become a part of. So I think the fact okay. that you were able to do that and you chose to do that, I think you're probably, as you yourself mentioned, one of the very few in your case a part of the Chinese community, you're probably, uh, Chinese culture, you're probably one of the very few who were willing to do it, to actually embrace where you were and to absorb and to learn and to try and have an identity, which the way you look will not change. 
but mm-hmm. I think it's your thinking and the way you express yourself and what you want to do with your life. I think that's what changes and that's probably who you are, which is very, yeah. very interesting. I wonder how your parents feel about your way of life and how you Chinese but you're not Chinese how have they been able to evolve here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs coming off their parents plan or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello. Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Or are they still like they were when they were back in China? No, they've changed. Not as substantially as someone that was like me that was given more opportunity to change. So but in like, that sense, they encouraged you, which is... I broke them in okay. and they loved me. So <laughs> they yeah. accepted me. And what I, how I broke them in was not through just bullheadedness or stubbornness or arrogance, but it was through several conversations, me proving that I can handle my own life in my way, me proving that I can, I don't need to fit in and do what they think is right to be successful. And and so it took a long time. Back when I was in high school and things like that, I it was very difficult. My father was never around. He wasn't he was a classic Chinese person in a way, working from away. He was gone for maybe 15 years during that time and and he he wasn't his people skills weren't so good at the time and so it was like for a long time it was just like that it was it was just him being the father figure filling that role as the and being the authority and me being the child right and that's how a lot lot of different families are obviously but more prevalent in Chinese culture especially and there was no communication it was one way right for a long time and my mother she's She's actually amazing and empathetic and things like that. And she helped me along the way a lot uh, when I was growing up. But uh, yeah, for a long time, they didn't approve of what I was doing at all. Especially when I was soul searching, when I was doing all these different things. The Asian people talk with their friends about what their kids are doing, what school they're going to, what major they're doing, how much money they make. It's so tacky. In my, in my opinion and it, it puts a lot of pressure on the kids yeah. but yeah they were probably talking about that all through that time but they didn't no one understood because 
how could they, right? They grew up in completely different circumstances, a completely different culture, and they were supposed to parent me a an alien almost, like a person that grew up complete on a different world. It's it's no one's fault. And I've learned to accept that. But when I did break them in, it was amazing. Like they could finally understand. I could see the light in their eyes. And then it was like, oh my God, the, it was like so much better after that. After I can, uh, after I showed them that my method actually works for me and works in general. Yeah. My way of life, my code of ethics, uh, everything like that. And when that happened, it was like a whole new thing, a whole new chapter. My father and I, our relationship is a lot better than before now. And so my mother and I too, like so much better than before. And it's, it took a long time, but I wouldn't have it any other way. It's like what you were saying, right? Some people can stay comfortable and just, just maybe hide away from the confrontation, right? Or hide away from doing what they have to do. But I don't respect anybody in my whole life. I don't respect anybody that hasn't been through the darkness, hasn't been through the, the, the trenches and then climbed out tooth and nail to the other side, victorious and at least better, right? It's the same concept for, for, that I saw. At the time, it was dark. It was like, it wasn't good. It was, it was very bad, actually. But I kept on going, never stopped. I just all my whole directive during that whole time of darkness was like, find more, learn more, understand more, find truth, find what you want, find who you are. And that was my overwhelming compass. And I just followed that wherever it led. And it paid off, I have to say. I forged my own way and it worked. And my relationships are so much better with my sister as well. And I'm doing something I could, no one could even dream of doing. No one could even dream of it because they wouldn't even think of it. Something that proves that you can do anything you want in the world if you have the passion, if you feel it, and you know why you're doing it. And you're willing to, you're willing to fall down and start again or get up and say okay I this didn't work but what the hell I'm going to try and try again till I actually am able till I find a breakthrough I think that's really the key so yeah so it's amazing that within one day of being on kickstarter you were able to get $50,000. So it was 20,000 on the first day, I believe. Okay. And that hit a funding goal. Oh, yep. okay. Okay. But eventually $50,000 for you yep. to actually get going. How important is a crowdfunding platform in your opinion? It's so important, especially for the right business. For any business, it's for any new idea or anything like that. It's very important. But a crowdfunding business, you don't want to... I was also on Shark Tank and they wanted to take 50% of my equity, which was just too much to get funding. It's not worth it at all. But crowdfunding, no one takes any percentage of your business. So you can still steer your own ship. 
It also gives you a lot of publicity because a lot of people see it, even if they don't pre-order from Kickstarter, they see it and it gives you a good audience to start with to prove that you have a good product with and your good customer service and good company brand philosophy and things like that. And it's just, it, and it gets you used to being out there. It was so nerve wracking to, to start a Kickstarter campaign. I was so nervous. And this is part of like, to start something, I, I don't know what I thought my chances were. All I knew is that I was going to do it. I tried my best and made the best video, best page, but I, I didn't think I was going to get funded. They, the Kickstarter, because of the nature of my business and the misunderstandings of it and the whole cancel culture and politically correct, they would hide my campaign. They would like, they wouldn't promote it to like their usual newsletters and stuff like that because they play, they usually promote the safe options and stuff like that. But so I knew all that going in. And when I first launched that campaign, I was like, oh my God, everyone's going to, if if I fail, everyone's going to know um, like that I didn't, wasn't successful, that I was a failure because I told some of my friends and I'm sure the word got around. And, I, and, and when I first launched that campaign, I was like, I'm just going to do it. It doesn't have to be perfect. I tried my best with what I got. And right now. And I just, it was like, it wasn't perfect, nowhere near perfect. But when I started coming in and I got funded, I was, the feeling was incredible. Like from that nervousness and that, that self, some self-doubt, even though I was very confident just in general, but just because of all the things I've done and, and things I've tested myself with in my life. But about that, it was a whole new world. So when I got funded, I was like so much happier because of that deep doubt the thinking the belief that i had like a 20 percent shot to get it funded so when that happened i was like holy crap this is freaking awesome it, it gave me the momentum to start rolling down the hill too and now people are counting on you people are counting on getting their pre-orders and you have people that are waiting for you to, to see what you do next seeing how your product is gonna be how big you're gonna go things like that and now it feels like you have like almost a family like you need to support and, and it's it was like i'm so used to not like trying not to disappoint people at this point like that that it, this was easy for me it wasn't like my family or anything like that it was like a, a group of like-minded individuals that want to see me succeed that want that are curious that are interested that are open-minded and, and it was beautiful. Okay, Kickstarter, I would recommend to almost any business, unless it's not a, it has to be relatively like just a small part, at least a new kind of product idea or something like that. But my opinion, if someone wants to start a business, I think the best way to do it is to start with something you're passionate about, obviously, and start with inspiration, but also putting a new twist on an old product or a traditional product it's one of the best ways to go yeah. it'll set you apart from the competition it'll sometimes it'll make you have no competition yeah. and and it'll be funner that way you don't have to just buy stuff from alibaba and then have it be like a generic yeah. cheap thing that it's been overdone and oversaid so it's unique like, potentially um, yeah it's unique yeah. that's the usb which which is important for people to then get attracted to mm -hmm. product or whatever it may be yeah no absolutely sure. so you do very strongly recommend if the idea is unique if it's different mm -hmm. uh, you do recommend 
crowdfunding as an option. So yes. what's next for you personally, as well as for Buttress Fiddle? Recently, I've been able to find myself in a position to travel the world. So I have been. I was just in Japan for three months. I was in South Korea and uh, China as well for a week each. And to, and because I miss Asian people. I have, it's, I have to go back to my roots and I've been here for so long and I have to see, I have to reconnect with the blood part of me. It's half, in my opinion, there's some things in the U.S., uh, that I'll never be able to accept that is completely normal to a lot of people. For example, there's a huge amount of debt here and people live so day to day that it's, I admire it to an extent to have my friends, literally, they're like impoverished, but they still can enjoy a night and spend $30 that they don't have, but have a great time. I, I'm, I'm, I'm jealous of that halfway but halfway, I could never like sleep at night if, if I like literally that was like my situation. It is half nurture and half nature or maybe not half whatever around there. Right. So I want to reconnect with that blood side of my my who, who I am for now. And it was amazing, especially Japan was the most incredible country I've ever been to. Seriously, I was there for three months Oh man, it was it was incredible. But and yeah, that so that's on your as far as you personally is concerned. But what about yes. the business? Where how far are you looking at taking that? The business will go as far I will never sell. The business is a spaceship for me and also a way for me to influence the world and spread a message. One that's against almost like a rebel uh, rebellious message. That's literally how I grew up one that's and that doesn't that is basically i don't like not cancel culture and stuff like that but keep on going with that make new products and things like that but eventually through my travels and through my business dealings uh, to make connections all over the world to keep friends with me so i can visit them and do what you're doing <laughs> actually go to different places around the world while running my business from abroad and interview people about their ways of life and their thinking about who we are, philosophy, meaning of life, the real questions that people so often ignore, but are better for themselves and for the world. But that's my plan. And after that, I want to, this is a tentative plan, but uh, this is so crazy. And don't, don't, don't hold me to this because I might just say I want a relaxing, comfortable life. But I want to create by a, a decommissioned freight vessel, one of those big vessels that carry the containers across the ocean, put it in international waters, make it completely self-sustaining and have a community on there and a whole government, a set of laws and to use it as a, an example. Basically, it's, it's tough to change the world. It's so big. There's so many ingrained things about politics and government that you'll never, no one has the power to really unravel and change. But in my opinion, one of the only ways is just through universalism and understanding wisdom, but also through an example, an example community where you can test out certain ways of government, ways of community, and then people can see it through the viral nature of our world. And if it works, it doesn't. 
obviously it's gonna there's gonna be a lot of mistakes and things like that people are gonna be like not happy people are gonna be like have conflict just as normal but the system of solving these conflicts and managing them and for everyone to have a happy and balanced and passionate life would be something to explore and the only way to explore something like that is to almost make your own world untouched by policies and outside intrusions. And to me, like... Create yeah. your own, essentially create your own unique world and where it's people who have similar ideas who then tend to make it and build it into a community and definitely yeah self-sustaining and self-sustaining uh, yeah, yeah. and mean, not ruled by a person it would have a very there's specific no kind role. of bureaucracy involved there's no red tape yeah. there's no none of that it's just pure identifying the next person with similar um, ideas a similar ethos yeah. and, just... and maybe even yeah eventually having yeah it's of course we'd have a selection process yeah. uh, at the beginning, <laughs> yeah. but we want to bring in people slowly that are maybe less advanced down the path of life and the path of knowledge and truth and wisdom. And that could be like an experiment. See what happens. We're not going to force them to be a certain person, but just being around like in last samurai or something like that. Right. Like, uh, Tom Cruise is just sitting in their village and just like enjoying and taking it all in. And that changed them in a way without them trying to. They were just trying to do their own thing, make their own lives and the people around them better. But um, uh, it's kind yeah. of similar to, to you at the age of five coming into the United States with a different the five years of your life was so different and you came into a very new environment, new experiences, new language, new everything. And the way you embraced it and the way you absorbed from what was around you, so your sensory, there was that excitement of wanting to learn, wanting to know and the way you embraced it. So I guess in this world that you're thinking of creating will be pretty it, it, the sense that I get is it's something that you have gone through which you would then like to build around and build a community around it and of course then the idea of it being self-sustainable and all of that comes in very naturally so I think yeah that's pretty interesting and yeah, let's see how far <laughs> you can go with it. If, yeah, like yeah. one of my people are listening and stuff like that and want to know. One of the best sayings I've ever had that I ever listened to was, you shoot for the stars, but you can land on the moon and it'll be perfectly fine. Yeah. It's like that perfectly perfect. It's, you're not disappointed if you don't reach these aspirations that are like in the stars so high up, but it makes you a better person. It makes you a better it makes you improve a lot of different things faster than if you set your bar very reasonably sometimes. Yeah. That's the point of stretching. Stretch for your toe sometimes. Even if you can't reach it, 
You're stretching for your toe. Try. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you, Jay. I've really enjoyed it. It's been a fun conversation. And uh, more power to you. And I hope you're able to go ahead and achieve all of what you've been wanting to and what you have and reach for the stars, which is which is so incredible. And to have that vision in itself is so powerful. And I'm sure all the listeners and viewers will have a very big takeaway from this conversation. So I really appreciate you and thank you for sharing your journey and good luck with Buttress Billows. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> what's our universal? There's yeah. One thing you know, but... <laughs> share. I had to pause for a second. But... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but it was really nice talking to you. Thank you once again. You too. It was a pleasure. <laughs> Thank you. For more weekly conversations, do listen to Melting Pot on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts. Follow us on YouTube and on Instagram at Podcast Melting Pot. So until the next episode, this is Pyle signing off. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.